you have the chance to win a Spring Super Sweeps from LAist. Donate $60 for one entry to win a brand new Lexus or $25,000 in cash. Check out all the other prizes too when you donate now at LAist.com sweeps. Hi, this is Larry Mantle, host of Air Talk on KPCC. Since the start of the coronavirus pandemic, we've had a daily segment on Air Talk devoted to the latest information about COVID-19. As time's gone on, we've looked at vaccines and how the virus and pandemic have affected the lives of Southern Californians. That includes doctors, nurses, epidemiologists, and other medical professionals fighting the virus on the front lines. In each episode of this podcast, we'll speak with one of our experts on the rotating panel of AirTalk guests who will be sharing their expertise with us daily. You can also listen anytime at las.com kpcc.org, or subscribe wherever you download podcasts. With us to talk about the very latest on COVID-19 and to answer your questions is UCLA School of Public Health epidemiologist and professor of medicine, Dr. Timothy Brewer. Very good Wednesday to you, Dr. Brewer. Good morning, Larry. How are you? I'm doing very well, thanks. And I think for so many of us, we're really, you know, um, uh, you know, releasing all the pent-up <laughs> anxiety over the Omicron variant and so many people getting it as a result of its uh, high level of, of infectiousness. Uh, your thoughts and kind of how you're feeling about where we are right now? So I think overall things are moving in the right direction. As you mentioned, Larry, cases are going down both nationally and in California and Los Angeles County. Hospitalizations are also beginning to drop. Deaths are still rising. That's not that unusual because it tends to lag several weeks behind cases and hospitalizations. But hopefully deaths will begin to fall soon as well. And with those who are dying of the Omicron variant, because it has been on average um, less severe in the symptoms that it's created, are those who are dying of COVID-19 now with Omicron those who were seriously ill to begin with? So so it's a combination. So if you look at who's dying from COVID-19 now, it still hasn't changed much from the beginning of the pandemic, other than the difference between vaccinated and unvaccinated people. So if you look at data from California, you're 22 times more likely to die if you get COVID-19 if you're unvaccinated than if you're fully vaccinated and had a booster. So that's that's the big difference. But again, older individuals are much more at risk than younger individuals. And we're just getting word that Los Angeles Superior Court civil and criminal jury trials will fully resume starting February 14th. The presiding judge of the Superior Court has just announced that, citing us, uh, the um, decrease in COVID-19 cases in the county. So, Valentine's Day. Next Monday, uh, criminal and civil jury trials will fully resume in the county of Los Angeles. Uh, Your thoughts about that, uh, Dr. Brewer? Well, I I think we have to recognize that SARS-CoV-2, the virus that causes COVID-19 disease, is not going to go away. 
there'll be periods where there's more spread and less spread, particularly in the winter. This is a respiratory virus, so that's when it will be at its peak. And we have to get on with our lives and, and recognize how do we live with this virus and do what we can to protect ourselves and community while doing what we would normally do. So many people now are wearing either N95 or KN95 masks, similar types of, of masks. What effect do you think that's having on the transmission of the coronavirus? So it, it definitely helps. The U.S. Centers for Disease Control and Prevention actually just released a study from California this past week where they looked at mask wearing. And what they found between February and December of last year was that individuals who were always or mostly wearing masks while indoors were 56% less likely to have a positive SARS-CoV-2 test than individuals who did not wear a mask. If you wore an N95 respirator, your risk of a positive test was 83% lower. So good news that masks are working to prevent infections. Does that include people who might be, you know, the sole individual masking where other people aren't in an indoor setting? And I'm, you know, I'm thinking about our listeners in counties that are not going to extend the mask requirement for vaccinated people past the middle of next week. So if you're, you know, in Orange County and, and you still want to keep wearing your mask, does that provide you with some degree of protection, even if everybody else isn't masked? Definitely. So masks do two things. One is source control. So if nobody's wearing a mask, then anyone who's asymptomatic and shedding virus will be shedding it around them. So if they had a mask on, that would reduce the amount of virus being shed. So we are losing that when people take off the mask. But if you're still wearing your mask, that will still protect you. So it will decrease the chances that those respiratory particles get into your nose or mouth and potentially could cause infection. We're at 866-893-KPECC, or you can email your question at atcomments at kpecc.org. Please include your first name and your location. Dr. Timothy Brewer of UCLA's Fielding School of Public Health joins us. He's epidemiologist and professor of medicine. Uh, What are the conditions that have to be established in L.A. County before our our masks uh, for vaccinated people can come off here. So I'm I'm a little confused about what the county is basing that on. So the the CDC recommendations are based on what's called a moderate level of transmission. So it's one of two things: either a test positivity rate that's below eight percent, or fewer than 50 case, new cases per 100,000 population. So if you take a county like Los Angeles, which is 10 million people, right now our test positivity rate is running 7.7%. Now it has to be below 8% for two weeks, and it just dropped below 8%. And in a county of 10 million people, that would work out to less than 5,000 new cases a day. And we're running about 2,700 new cases a day. So I'm not quite sure what the county public health department is using as their metric. 
Yeah, so it sounds like, at least according to the CDC, CDC criteria, we would be in that moderate transmission level. Well, remember, we have to be in that moderate transmission level for two weeks. So we've now dropped down into it, but we'd still have to be there for two weeks before we would then, say, take the mask mandates off. But what the county is basing it on, if they're not using those metrics, I don't know. Well, and and Barbara Ferrer at yesterday's uh, news briefing said moderate in L.A. County would be cases below 730 a day. So, as as you said, in a county of 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 this size, I mean that's that's extremely small transmission, seven hundred thirty people a day. So, it's unclear to you what she's basing that on. That's correct. I'm not I'm not sure where that seven hundred and thirty number came from because even if you use the city population, the city population's about four million people, so that would work out to about. 2,000 cases. So I'm, I'm not sure where this 730 number came from. All right. 866-893-KPECC. That's 866-893-5722. Or you can email us at atcomments at kpecc.org. Uh, just looking at this L.A. Times article says the CDC recommends vaccinated people in indoor public settings wear masks when there are 50 or more cases a week for every 100,000 residents. For L.A. County, that would mean 730 cases a day. So, um, but the math, that the math doesn't work. <laughs> L.A. County is bigger than that. So I don't, uh, I see what you're saying about that, Dr. Brewer. 866-893-KPECC, or uh, you can email us at atcomments at kpecc.org. An immunocompromised listener who's fully vaccinated and has received a booster from Moderna, but that booster was six months ago. So the listener wants to know, should I get another booster? So they should definitely talk with their healthcare provider, but the CDC is recommending an extra dose in individuals who do not seem to have responded to full vaccination and a booster because they're immunocompromised. So this person potentially would be eligible for a a fourth dose of a, a vaccine. And do you recommend that it be Moderna, or should the listener consider switching to Pfizer, say? So so no clear data that Moderna versus Pfizer makes a, a big difference. In general, I would probably stick with whatever the primary series was, but but I, I don't think it matters much. We're not recommending the Johnson & Johnson vaccine as a booster for most people because of the uncommon, serious side effects of of blood clots. 866-893-KPECC, or you can uh, email us atcomments at kpecc.org. Let's see, we have uh, Terry in Long Beach who emailed, my husband uh, just got the Evusheld injection since he's immunocompromised. Can you tell us anything about breakthroughs and if it would prevent a serious COVID infection? 
So the, the point of that is to prevent serious COVID infection. So what that is, is a monoclonal antibody combination that has been recommended for immunocompromised people as a pre-exposure prophylaxis, meaning we give it to people before they get infected to protect them from getting infected. There are data to show that, yes, it does work against COVID. And Larry, can I just make one clarification? Yeah. So I, I figured out where the 730 came from. If you take 5,000 and you divide it by seven, that works out to about 730. So that's probably where the county got got that number from. Okay. All right. Very good. 866-893-KPECC, or you can email us at atcomments at kpecc.org. Vivian in Altadena wonders, what does fully vaccinated mean now? Does it just mean uh, the regular two shots of an mRNA or one shot of Johnson & Johnson, or does fully vaccinated now mean you've been boosted? So, Unfortunately, Vivian, we have made it more confusing than it needs to be. So the CDC definition of fully vaccinated is still two doses of Pfizer or Moderna or one dose of Johnson & Johnson. And up to date is what the CDC refers to if you've had a booster. That having been said, there's now lots of good data to show that boosters protect you better than not being boosted, particularly with Omicron variant. So anyone who's eligible for a booster should get a booster. 866-893-KPECC. Look forward to having your questions with us, or you can email us at atcomments at kpecc.org. Jeffrey in Toluca Lake, I think you said you play trumpet in a couple of bands. You haven't been playing for the last months or so, but you want to go back. Obviously, you can't wear a mask when you're playing the trumpet and, and you're uh, practicing indoors. Uh, so Jeffrey's concerned, uh, doctor, that, um, you know, his wife is concerned he could bring something home from these rehearsals. So the most important thing Jeffrey can do to protect himself and his family is to make sure that he's up to date on his vaccination, which means include, including having a booster if he's eligible. So that's anyone over the age of 12 at least five months out from a Pfizer or Moderna vaccination or two months out from a Johnson & Johnson vaccination. The other thing Jeffrey should do is make sure that nobody is coming to rehearsal, not feeling well, so everybody should stay home if they're sick, and he should make sure to probably practice good high-end hygiene. And if they can physically distance when they're practicing, that would also be helpful. Do you think with all of those considerations, it is okay for him to go back to rehearsals? Well, I I think we need to get on with our lives, Larry. Um, The virus is definitely decreasing, but it's going to continue to circulate in the in the population. And one of the important parts of our lives is doing those activities that that bring us pleasure. And Jeffrey, even if, you know, this isn't how you make your living, and and I think that's the case for you, the fact you play in two bands, this is obviously a big and important part of your life. So, you know, there's something to be 
considered there as well. Jeffrey, we wish you all the best. Uh, Kevin in Long Beach, good to have you with us. Thank you for taking me. My question was about antigen sin. There was a professor you had from the University of San Francisco two or three weeks ago. Um, She spoke of antigen sin in that it was relative to the COVID. Um, If you were to get too much of of the vaccine, as in a booster, that it might be more detrimental than beneficial if you were not in a population that was immune deficient. Yeah, Kevin, I think that was Dr. Monica Gandhi of UCSF, if I'm not mistaken. And and um, she was talking about that potential to to be over vaccinated and that that could be a problem. Yes. Uh, Dr. Brewer, do you want to uh, elaborate on that? Sure. So so what she's referring to um is actually something that's been worked out with influenza, not SARS-CoV-2, the virus that causes coronavirus. And and it actually dates back to a group of studies done in, in Michigan where they looked at influenza in school children and adults. And what they found was that when you were first infected with influenza, any subsequent infection boosted your antibody levels to the original strain that you were infected with in addition to the new strain. And the boost to the original strain was actually higher. And the the gentleman who wrote the article, I'm blanking on his name at the time, was actually the son of a minister and described it as original sin. But but it actually has to do with influenza, <laughs> excuse me, which is a different different virus. Okay. All right, Kevin, thank you very much. 866-893-KPCC. So do you think that there would be harm in, say, people getting boosted every six months? So uh, we don't know. The, the only data far out now is one preprint from from Israel showing the effect of a fourth booster and again showing lower rates of infection and serious disease uh, four months out after uh, getting a fourth booster compared to to three doses. So at least at the moment, there's no evidence to suggest that additional doses are harmful in terms of protection. Zach in Long Beach emailed, I have a family member who was vaccinated but didn't get a booster who then got Omicron. Zach says, I think I heard somewhere they would be considered boosted from that breakthrough case. Is that true? Uh, So individuals who've been infected should still get vaccinated. So so Zach's or his ex-cousin or whoever it was should definitely still, if they've now recovered from that infection and they're asymptomatic, go out and, and get vaccinated. And there are data to show that being vaccinated on top of having infection gives you a higher level of protection than not being vaccinated. I have to say, I, I still find it a head scratcher. People who have received their their regular vaccination, the two mRNA doses, and then haven't been boosted. I'm so curious if if there's a listener wants to share with us, if you're in that category, what the reasons for that are. I'd be interested in hearing because that to me is almost 
harder for me to understand than someone who just refuses to take the vaccine altogether, who's just that um, they're fearful of of vaccines generally. But for someone who's been vaccinated and not being boosted, you're already kind of bought in. It just seems so strange to me. 866-893-KPCC. Dr. Brewer, what are your thoughts on why someone would, you know, go to the trouble, get vaccinated twice, and then wouldn't be boosted? Um. Uh, I'm not sure. Maybe they feel that the vaccine has given them sufficient protection. But what it's important to recognize is two things. One, that protection does wane over time. And the second is that the Omicron variant is more capable of infecting people who have been previously infected or been vaccinated. We call that immune escape than Delta and the variants that came before it. And so hopefully uh, about 42% of the U.S. population has gotten boosted, about 64% is fully vaccinated. Hopefully we can get both of those numbers up higher. Tara in Santa Monica says, for those of us who are vaccinated, how do we talk with others about their vaccine hesitancy? How do we help them deal with their fears? Well, I think the important thing is try to understand what it is that they're concerned about. So people may be concerned about side effects from vaccines. Both Moderna and the Pfizer vaccine are now fully FDA approved. So um, that hopefully is no longer a concern for some people. These vaccines are incredibly well studied. Over 213 million people have been vaccinated in the U.S. alone. Um, But it's just a question. It'll vary from person to person trying to identify what that that concern is and hopefully providing the information that will resolve it. Kathy in Pasadena says, you know, we hear that Omicron is milder than the previous variants. Do we know yet if Omicron can lead to long covid? Has that been studied? So um, still no data yet. Um, on whether or not it does. It's unclear whether or not Omicron is actually less serious than Delta and what came before it, because Omicron came through in a population that was much more immunized, either from previous infection, vaccination, or, or both. And what we know is that while the vaccines were much less effective at preventing infection from Omicron, they still were very good in preventing serious disease, including hospitalization and death. So it may be that what we're seeing is Omicron was just moving through a less susceptible population, and that's why it looks like it was less serious. Hmm. I I wonder, so if you take a, a typical person who, I don't know, is the term naive? What is it? If someone's not been exposed to the virus or been vaccinated at all, what, what do you call that? There's a, a term I've heard used. Yeah, yeah no, so they naive is, naive, is yeah. fine. Susceptible would be a, another one. So you take someone like that and and you, you um, infect them with Omicron, the thinking goes that that person would be, as all other things being equal, as likely to have serious COVID as someone infected with Delta who's naive as well with no exposure whatsoever? 
That's certainly the concern. Um, what we do know is people who do end up in the hospital uh, with Omicron have similar outcomes to people who ended up in the hospital with Delta or Alpha. So, so the concern is that um, Omicron is certainly capable of causing serious disease, hospitalization, and death. And, and the big difference between Omicron and Delta before was many more people had either had infection before and some level of immunity or had been vaccinated and had some level of protective immunity. John in Lake Forest says, I was vaccinated but not boosted. I felt sicker from the vaccine than I did from getting Omicron, so I decided not to get the booster. John, thank you for sharing that. I'd ask listeners who were vaccinated but not boosted what their reason for that is. Dr. Brewer, your thoughts about John who said uh, Omicron was, was the lesser of two evils. Well, we do know that Omicron had uh, has a higher rate of asymptomatic infection, and part of that may be because of the underlying immunity. I don't know what side effects John had from the vaccine, but in general, they tend to be very transient, including the serious side effects like myocarditis. What you need to remember is that there are no possibility of getting long covid from the vaccines, but you can get long COVID from from infection. So that's a real concern going forward. Oscar in Rancho Cucamonga says, I'm one of those people vaccinated, not boosted. I've got kids. I'm afraid of getting sick and having to take off work. I want to get the vaccine, but I'm scared about it putting me out of commission. Uh, Oscar, just you know, one thing to consider. I did this. I got, I got my booster uh, Friday late afternoon because then I had the weekend that if I had a negative reaction, uh, uh, then, you know, wouldn't interfere with my ability to go to work on Monday. So that's that's something to consider. Samantha, in Pasadena, I understand you're vaccinated, uh, double vaccinated with Pfizer, but have been hesitant about the booster. Please share with us why. Hi. Yeah, I'm just a little hesitant because um, I just have a general hesitancy of getting vaccines in general. But um I was very glad to get vaccinated. I just feel like I'm covered now. I feel like I'm good with my two vaccines. I'm healthy. I'm 32 years old and everyone around me is vaccinated. Yeah. And uh, those certainly are all positives. But have you seen the data about um, the added benefit of the booster and what that does for the immune system? Or you just feel like that's really unnecessary in your case? I just think that in my case, it's not totally necessary. I think that eventually I will get boosted, but at this time, I don't feel that urgency um, just because of my age and the fact that I'm vaccinated. All right, Samantha, I appreciate it. Dr. Brewer. So I'm terrific that you're vaccinated, Samantha. That's certainly better than not. So two studies have come out in, in recent weeks. One was CDC in the morbidity and mortality weekly report showing that during the Omicron series that if you had been vaccinated more than six months ago, uh, you had 57% protection against hospitalization. But if you got a booster, that jumped up to 90%. So still a, a big difference there. And a second study published in, in JAMA that 
showed um, this was came out on January 21st that also during the Omicron period that uh, boosted gave you a 66% higher protection level relative even to vaccinated individuals for for infection. So clearly some some benefit there. Hopefully you'll get boosted, but being vaccinated is a terrific start. Thank you, Samantha. Good to hear from you on AirTalk and continued good health. Uh, we have, uh, let's see, uh, Denise in Pasadena. My daughter is 30 years old and vaccinated but not boosted because she ended up with myocarditis, and she's afraid to get a booster because of that. Uh, Denise, that is completely understandable because that's a very um, uh, unpleasant experience to go through that. Um Dr. Brewer, your your response, uh, Denise's daughter and, and uh, her so, concerns. So, un- yeah, unusual myocarditis is described mainly in, in young men. The risk in women is about uh, 60 to 100-fold lower than it is in, in, in young men. So unusual for a, a woman to have myocarditis. Um, she should talk with her healthcare provider. One potential option would be to use the Johnson and Johnson adenovirus vaccine, which is not associated with myocarditis. The concern there is the risk of blood clots is higher in young women. Um, but I, I think that's a discussion that would be worth having with her, her healthcare provider or an infectious disease expert. We have Gretchen in Lake Balboa says, I'm not boosted yet, but it's because I was just diagnosed with an autoimmune disorder. My doctors are telling me not to get the booster yet. She says people like me do exist. Um, yeah, absolutely. And good you're in consultation with with your doctor on that and and following his advice. Very glad to, uh, to hear about that. Um, uh, Gretchen says, I can assure you I want the booster, but I also want to be safe. Gretchen, thank you very much. Dr. Brewer, uh, your, your response to Gretchen and what her physician told her. So uh, certainly she's doing the, the right thing and her physician may or may not be a guy. But um, uh, the other possibility for immunocompromised individuals, as we've mentioned before, if they've not had infection, is uh, we now have a monoclonal antibody for prevention of infection, that would be some something she might consider discussing with her health care providers as well to see if that, that might be appropriate. All right. Well, I want to thank everybody. I don't have time to take all the wonderful calls, people calling in on the reasons why they uh, chose not to get uh, boosted or, or were advised by a physician not to get boosted. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. And it's just a wonderful snapshot of the different ways people are thinking about things. We appreciate it very much. Dr. Brewer, as always, such a pleasure to have you with us. Thank you, sir, for being with us on AirTalk. Thank you very much, Larry. And just to to finally clarify my mistake, the the county is consistent with the CDC guidelines. I just forgot to divide by seven. All right. Sounds good. Thanks for listening to this episode of COVID in L.A. If you'd like to stay up to date with the latest coronavirus news, you can listen anytime at LAist.com, at KPECC.org, or subscribe wherever you download podcasts. See you next time and stay safe. I'm Larry Mantle.
This program is made possible in part by the Corporation for Public Broadcasting, a private corporation funded by the American people.